We recently got asked a question inside of the Product Boss Mastermind in one of our hot seat calls that the question was, I would like to brainstorm ideas about the best ways to capitalize on Father's Day as it's coming up and I want to get in front of it. I feel like last year did not go as well as I had hoped, but I'm not really sure why. And now as we supported this masterminder in that question inside of the mastermind, I wonder to ask all of you. Do you ever have questions like this? So if you are making $250,000 to multi-million dollars a year, I'd love for you to consider the Product Boss Mastermind because at this stage in your product business, you are looking for high-level strategy, support, and a group of people who get it and encourage you to go after those goals you've only dreamed of. Now, the Product Boss Mastermind is where industry-leading multi-six and seven-figure product bosses scale connect and thrive inside an exclusive community for multi-six and seven-figure product bosses. So if you're interested in getting an application in, head to theproductbossmastermind.com. Welcome to the Product Boss Podcast, where we help product-based businesses grow their sales and improve their strategies. Hey, everyone. I want to introduce you to my co-host and biz bestie, Mina Kunlosita, an Amazon guru that has built a multi-six-figure product-based business. In introducing the other half of the product boss, Jacqueline Snyder, she has helped launch and grow over 500 fashion apparel and accessory brands, even one of her own. And together, we share our inventory of secret weapons that will help you dig deep and do the work it takes. Are you ready? Let's build together. Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Product Boss Podcast. I'm your host, Jacqueline Snyder, with my inflation-proof co-host, Mina Kunlosita. Um, okay, okay. Are you inflation-proof? Hello? Yeah, I, I don't know. I feel like, you know, I'm doing my best to be. Is that a good enough answer? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's what we're going to talk about today on this episode is inflation proofing your business. So, you know, there's a lot of conversations coming up about inflation, recessions, all those yeah. kind of big scary words of money and business and economy and all the things. And I know as business owners, a lot of times we feel maybe insecure about knowing enough about it, um, what's going to happen, the uncertainties of the future, which truly the future is always uncertain. But with this, you know, taking precedence in the news, it's something we wanted to chat about with all of you. Yeah, the future is always uncertain, but that's what makes us scared is like when people are talking about it and we don't know what to do. And so mm-hmm. having a bit of a clear path or a plan is is really helpful. And I think that we know that the recession and we know that inflation is, is going to be happening. So what can we do proactively? Whereas, you know, though the future is not certain for for any of us, at least like this is something that we can be more proactive than reactive on. Mm-hmm. So inflation is, you know, it's been a concern. It's a concern in business and it's a, it's a concern in the way of like, well, what do I do with this? Right. And where are we leading? And I think the trouble with inflation it, and how it's impacting small businesses is that you know, prices are going up, costs are going up on materials and raw goods and labor and a lot of times small businesses aren't raising their prices to meet inflation, right? A lot of small businesses that we know in our community are absorbing the cost of inflation, which is actually hurting their business in general. And then just the understanding of that and how to, as the inflation is happening and perhaps in the future, you know, if there is a recession that will hit, how do you all future-proof your business to be able to write it out because things will end like it may happen, but then it'll, it'll come to an end as well. And we can get through it together. Yeah. I think that 
It is something we're seeing a lot of, right? Especially in restaurants, I feel like uh, I see a lot of restaurants that I go into or bakeries or whatever it is. And I see a apologetic sign, like prices are, you know, higher by 50 cents, you know, active by this day. We apologize for the inconvenience, blah, 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 all these different things. And I've seen it in multiple restaurants, multiple, you know, bakeries or whatever else that I've walked into. And I think that that's, the really the hard part. Like people feel terrible about the fact that there is inflation, but it ha- they have no control over it. You have no control I, over the fact that prices are going up across the board. I went to where we had a diner and I was and I was like, oh, do you have oat milk? And they're like, no. I was like, do you have almond milk? And they're like, no. And, and yeah, I was at a diner and he's like, Almond milk, we used to, but it's too expensive now. He's straight the waiter straight told me that. Um, but you know, according to like CNBC, for example, they had done an, an article on grocery prices increasing, and the food price index has increased eight point eight percent total yeah. year over year. So flour and prepared mixes are fourteen point two percent higher. Eggs are eleven point two percent higher. Right. So the thing here to think about is like, and I say this, and you're like, "Ooh, what do I do?" Well. Customers are going to, there's going to be two types of customers. One's the price shop, right? They're looking for the cheapest eggs. They don't care where the eggs are coming from. They don't care how the eggs are hatched. They're not looking for organic or pasture-raised, right? Or cage-free. But if you're like free. me, mm-hmm. yeah, if you're like me, which is like pasture-raised, cage-free, organic, I'm paying $9 per dozen for eggs. Yeah. But I'm going to continue to pay. I went from $6 to $9. I'm going to continue to pay crazy, ridiculous prices for eggs because it's a value that's important to me as a consumer, right? So I think as you're all thinking about how you're going to deal with inflation, it's the idea of there's there's going to be price shoppers, but then there are going to be people that are still going to buy things at a higher price because of their values that are aligned with it, because of their concerns, because of the things that they want, because of the customer service being exceptional, right? Things mm-hmm. like that. So we're going to talk about ways to proof your business against inflation. Um, but also as an example, think about me and my $9 eggs. Yeah. Still going to buy the $9 eggs. Right, right. I mean, I actually didn't even know that fast food prices went up until I asked my sisters. Because mm-hmm. I hadn't gone through, like, I went to McDonald's with my kids because Funday Friday was after the fun run. I was like, I'm doing this, you know? And so we go through McDonald's and I get them two meals. It was $19. Wow. I was like, what in the like, world? What is this, Panera? I know. I would like, yeah, for real. I literally thought that. I was like, I mean these chicken nuggets are now $19, you know, for two meals. And then I was so taken aback by it that I asked my sister, I was like, is that the right price? Like, did they miscalculate for me how much I'm supposed to be paying? Like, I was just like so shocked. They're like, no, prices have been going up for the last several years. And I was like, what? <laughs> so, so That was like me and my IHOP experience. <laughs> So I went to LA and we were, we were moving to in LA. Um, there's an IHOP at the end of the road. And I told my kids, oh yeah, we used to call it the blue roof. And I wanted to like share I was like, we used to get funny face pancakes. So I wanted to share this with uh-huh. my kids. Okay. Okay. We roll up to the blue roof, AKA IHOP, International okay. House Pancakes. Sit down. We sit down outside and we all know the quality. It's I mean, IHOP. they do have the best pancakes though. Yeah. Okay. Great. Uh-huh. There's still pancakes, just flour and water. <laughs> and not and even eggs. real maple syrup. 
<laughs> Those expensive eggs. Oh, yeah, yeah. I forgot. But they're not <laughs> using my pasture-raised $9 eggs. So let's just that. You know that, too. So um, I ordered, James and I both ordered veggie omelets. We ordered two coffees. The kids got funny face pancakes. I believe I got a side of fruit. And I let the kids get shakes. You know how much it was with tip? I don't know. Guess. Um, okay, f- family of four, $10 a piece, let's say, f- 50 something bucks. at IHOP. (laughs) Living the life at $18 omelets. Exactly. Oh my God. We don't live in the real world, apparently. This is the real world. IHOP and McDonald's? I know. I don't know. I don't even know when it happened, to be honest, which seems so silly, but I don't price shop and I'm okay with buying the grocery prices because not, when you said $9 eggs, I was like, yeah, no big deal. You have to get the brown eggs and they, you know, like. Because you and I both value yeah, egg, and, a certain type of eggs. And eggs, for example, are a major protein around here. So like I make eggs with tomato and eggs with, you know, like yeah. I steam them and put them with like ground pork and vermicelli. So eggs are really Delicious. important, you know, like I mean, so many like- different things. And so for me, I was like, I value eggs, but then I go to this Happy Meal experience or this meal experience from McDonald's. I was like, what is this freaking, the, you know, filet like mignon? I rolled of- up to like the Four Seasons <laughs> and had brunch. I know. So... Trying to go somewhere fancy. <laughs> That's how I felt about IHOP. I was like, how? 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 It's like, you don't even get the good service. And so here's so here's what we're going to say. Okay, this is point number one, as we both, ex- we both shared with you, our McDonald's and IHOP experience. All right. So I'm going to give one, I'm going to give one tip. We're going to bounce around on tips. Okay. Mm-hmm. So this is a tip for all of you as you're, you're thinking about inflation and prices and all the things. So to focus on value and customer service over how you price your goods and services. So how can you provide a product or service that the value that they are getting is so far in excess of what they're paying that they will never leave in a customer? Right? So like I gave you the example of, I will continue to pay $9 per dozen of eggs from Vital Farms because as a customer, they continue to over deliver in value and service. I know where the eggs are coming from. They continue to hit high standards. They offer a cute, relatable story to the chickens that lay the eggs. They give you like a little letter inside from a chicken. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I know the quality is there. Hi, Mr. Cluck here. (laughs) 100%. It's like a little mini newspaper size for a chicken. (laughs) Cockadoo to you. (laughs) And what's funny, because I wrote this for an article for, um, we're going, I wrote this article for Forbes. Forbes. Mm -hmm. Yes, I said Forbes, right? Fancy. So I actually mentioned my $120 um, IHOP experience. We don't oh, name did. them. <laughs> don't name them. I call it National Pancake Chain. <laughs> but guess why I was not happy with $120 at IHOP and why Mina wasn't happy with McDonald's. It's the like, do you know how long, how many times I had asked for coffee? Like, Water yeah. was not automatically refilled. You know how many times I forget the sweet and sour sauce for my daughter's nuggets? Right. Seriously. That's like right? $5 worth of value right there. I, 100%. She is not going to eat the rest of that if she does not have sweet and sour sauce. So Correct. it makes the whole thing like worthless. Not worth it. You know? Yeah. And yeah. so definitely because McDonald's, you know, they didn't elevate anything else. It wasn't worth the money. The value didn't meet the the price. Especially drive-through, right? Like yeah. maybe you can go into the new McDonald's and they're kind of like they feel more like a cafe and maybe you're getting that <laughs> the germ city. You should no thank see you. Face. <laughs> I'm just 
saying. They improved the experience internally in a lot of them. But same with IHOP, right? It was like the experience, it was not like the servers were like this higher level server that made yeah. sure the coffee was always there. It's not like they had oat milk and almond milk as alternative milks. So it was like, oh, at least I'm getting that as yeah. value of being at this restaurant. Again, you know where our priorities lie here. So, so that's just an example of when instead of racing to the bottom with your prices, right, for your goods, it's actually creating more value for your customers that they will always buy from you. They'll support you during the good and the bad because they're not in, it's not about your product and it's not about the price. It's how they feel when they're engaging with you as a business. And I'm sure each of you can come up with some version of this in your own life that created value as to why we've talked about this, why, um, we bought Nespresso machines, Mm -hmm. how Nespresso moved people away from courage. Because it's our perception, right? Perception of that Mm -hmm. value, you know? And they had, they, and when I they have first started in my house, by the way. Right. They had Nespresso. In order to pull away, they started with value, right? So they were like, the coffee beans are from somewhere else. Mm-hmm. They made the coffee pods look, they made the aesthetic look a certain way when it was just coffee, single serve coffee. Um, but when I first joined, they gave me like a little key card, like um, a fob key. Like, um, what's it called? Fob key? Key fob? Yeah, like a fob key. key. Is it key fob <laughs> or I- fob key? <laughs> Key fob, well, something that attaches to a keychain. Yes, it's a key fob or a fob. Key. I can't and it was remember. Leather. Is it brain freeze or freeze brain? Because that's the other one that I get mixed up a lot. Brain freeze. <laughs> it's whichever one is the version of the. So key it was like fob. a brown leather key fob <laughs> yes. with an N, the Nespresso logo. And when you went into a physical location, because I lived in New York City at the time, they would actually scan that fob. I was in the computer, and they could tell me, "Oh, these are the copies you ordered last time." And they could easily just give me the same coffees. I didn't have to remember and think through. Mm-hmm. So it was customer service. It was individual customer service. I could go into these beautiful cafes and order. If you realize you cannot get the coffee pods at Target, you could buy the, the machines, but you can't get it at, at Target. You have to go to like Nespresso locations. Um, they also had had this thing. I don't know if they do it anymore, but it was if your machine breaks, you could send it into them and they'll send you a replacement, mach- replacement machine while they're fixing your machine. So that right there was the difference between them and did you have any way of communicating with um, Keurig's? No way. Keurig was like, throw that in the trash and come buy another one. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And that's what created raving fans of a certain product and brand. And they were willing to pay more. And this was during the time like where the economy was not thriving and yeah. Nespresso was able to thrive. Right. Because the in-home experience was really important. So that's the mm-hmm. thing, right? The perception of value, the value was placed on this in-home experience of, of coffee. So it was, okay, so is it price-based where I just simply need coffee or do I need that better coffee, you know? And And better experience. Yeah, the better experience of the coffee. So that is where it comes into this perception of value that you're giving versus, you know, before. Now, at the core of all of that, though, is that you do need to raise your prices, you know? (laughs) That was my number two, raise your prices. Okay, so I want to make sure that everybody doesn't, skip over that part. So let's get into that. Yeah. So if your prices are going up, like if your costs are going up, your prices have to go up to meet the need. That's why we pay more for bananas right now. That's why we're paying more for everything across the board because bigger businesses understand if their prices go up in order to stay in business, they have to raise their prices to pay their team to keep just to keep the lights on. So how come you think that you can't raise your prices? How mm-hmm. come you think your business is a charity or like how could or you raise you, your prices? That you can absorb the price in yeah, your margin. 
small businesses are less likely to be able to absorb the price. They're, you're probably just stopped paying yourself or never paid yourself at all, right? Or not hiring a team member to grow because you can't afford it because you're not making enough money. Or you're in your apologizing, business. like, oh, you know, because a lot of people are like, well, I don't want to pass that on to my customer. Well, you're going to have to because. Otherwise, you will not stay in business. It's going to be so hard for you to work for free for the ongoing future to to simply not pass that on to your customer, right? They will pay for it if they feel the value is there. Yeah. And that's, you know, we work on this in the accelerator program um, because in the accelerator level of growing businesses, we're talking about growing the brand and the connection to the customer. And, and that, and this is to remind all of you that your business is more than just your product. Why do we go buy Nike shoes and not knock off Nikes, right? There's people who go to Target and buy sneakers. And then there's people who are like, no, I want to go to Foot Locker and buy Nike or Adidas or whatever it is. Because it's the value. It's more than the shoe. Yes, it's the shoe like and how it's built, but like a lot of times when we think about our purchases, it's more it's more than the actual product we're buying. Yes, it's quality, right? Or whatever it is. But we're not trying to find the we're not racing to the bottom in prices. If you as a small business can add value to the way that you interact with your customers, why they should be buying, like it's more than just your product. Yeah. You know, when we were talking in the accelerator, it was really about, because a lot of people will say that, right? I don't want to give discounts. So even before, outside the talk of inflation, we don't want to get our customers accustomed to getting a discount. And it otherwise, it's a race to the bottom. Um, but the thing is, if you, what what do you focus on if you're not focusing on price? Well, it's never been about the price. So if your price is not if, if you are not racing to the bottom, there's two things that you can change. One is you can change your marketing. So like exactly what Jacqueline is saying, uh, what need are you meeting? What want, what desire? The second thing is your customer avatar. That might be off. So if you are going for the people that are price shopping, if you're going for the people that need or want the discount, it's going to be very, very hard for you to say, buy this premium luxury thing or buy this premium thing or buy this thing that has this value versus this value. If their value is simply price, then it's hard to go outside of that. So you have to think beyond that. Aside from price, aside from the physical, logical you know, features, what is beyond that? What is the value? What is the psychological needs? What is, you know, the marketing angle that you could take, the value, you know, I I, I say marketing angle because it's, it's how you use, it's how you relay the value you're giving, you know, it, where it's, it's not just like a marketing hook or marketing spin. It literally is, okay, I know that I'm going to elevate the ex- experience, but I need to relay that to my customer in the marketing of this, right? So that's how you kind of tune the dial for your business um, when it comes of, uh, outside of pricing. So outside of pricing, you have to, first of all, you have to raise your prices. It's just smart business. It's not even smart business. It's foundational business. If your prices go up, you have to go up. Just like, you know, if um, if it costs you a lot for shipping, you have to reassess how much it's going to cost your customer and how much it's going to cost you as a business. You know, this happens every year, but how are you going to stay up with it? You know, it's just like our house prices go up every year, 
but we don't have to do anything, right? So as homeowners, we're like, oh, okay, the value of my house is going up every year. But for you as a business owner, you have to adjust proactively to the cost of you staying in business. And that's what that is. Hey, Product Boss. Okay, this is for you. The other day, we got a message from Lolly asking us if we had a referral for a great inventory management software to help track raw goods and on-hand products that were ready to sell. And you know what we told Lolly? We sure do. Not only do we have a resource for inventory management software, but we have over 308 other business tools and resources that will help you effectively run your product-based business. Now, this ranges from packaging and printing supplies, affiliate management, website and email software, legal resources, video and photo tools, and so much more. You will have everything you need to grow your dream product business today and at no cost to you. Yep, this is totally free and you can download the Product Boss Ultimate Resource Guide right now by heading to theproductboss.com slash resource guide. Again, that's theproductboss.com slash resource guide. Now back to the show. So do you know what one of the, um, one of the recession... Okay, so I'm going to talk about industries that recession-proof kind of things. Do you okay. know what kind of? I'll just say it. Okay. Okay. I can't even speak. What what categories are are recession-proof? Yes. Thank you for taking the words. Okay. I was like, I'm going to try to read your mind here. So, okay. No. Um, I can guess. You straight up came up with my Google search, so you can absolutely. <laughs> okay. So <laughs> categories that are not recession-proof or that are recession-proof that are recession during proof. this time, I would say wellness. Okay. So one of the biggest industry, the, one of the biggest things that was recession proof during the last recession was, um, luxury brands. Yeah. Luxury brands, probably basic needs things. So commodities, Mm -hmm. addictive pleasures, things that are vices, healthcare is a necessity. Yeah. If you're doing stuff with value. So, but I just wanted to say that because even though there's higher price tags on luxury goods, they're resilient to recessions because they have their brand cachet, right? Like mm-hmm. the consumers will, they're not going to say like, I'm no longer buying X because there's a recession, right? They're going to still go because it's still, it's still a value to them. So it says this one article from top tell says inflation does not necessarily go in tandem with re- recessions, but during such times of inflation, luxury good demands rise as the goods hold value and will not depreciate. So someone said to me, like, oh, someone in our mastermind was like, yeah, I told my husband that sometimes like my bags, my luxury bags are going to be are worth more than what's happening in the stock market. Right. Uh-huh. It's, it's true. So then there's shoppers looking at things in that way, too. <laughs> so, <laughs> so you have to think psychologically about the needs of your customers. Right. We have to speak to them on a psychological level. Like, what's the value? What's the necessity to them? What's more than just the product? And when you raise your prices, it's more than like, hey, I'm raising my prices because, you know, because if you have two side-by-side products and you just raise your price, then they may just jump to the cheaper product. But if you raise your price, but there's more to it than just your product, then you're going to stick with that brand because you're like, oh, they take care of me. They've got great return policies. Oh, I could jump on a call with customer service and they're going to walk me through my decision. You know, um, the quality lasts so much longer. Um, It's more than I'm going to support the small business because at that point, people are thinking about themselves more than they're thinking about you as the business or business owner. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
So do you want to jump into one that you have? Yeah. So this one is, so I'm kind of taking from this article that I read from Fidelity. Jacqueline and I are both investors and we use Fidelity, um, you know, with our personal um, finances. And so I get this um, thing and uh, this e-newsletter from them and they're number one, and I'm going to put my spin to it. So they're number one is consider adding some inflation-resistant diversifiers. I wanted to read that one because I love that they send this out because it's a series that they call Women Talking Money, and it's women for women. And so this is the conversations that rich white men typically have. What can I do during inflation during this time? Well, I'm going to diversify. My spin on this is that, first of all, I love that you know they have these initiatives for women talking to women about numbers but this this idea of diversification is it has been around for since the wealthiest of of old white men you know since the the dawn of ages you know diversification will always win out when it comes to recession proofing anything inflation proofing anything because you need to diversify one your portfolio so if you are an investor and you're investing money what would you doing this during this time well warren buffett would continue to he would put money in where everybody else is probably thinking should i pull money out you know, and he's diversifying it. That's just an example. But for us as small businesses, what you can do is you can diversify where you sell. How can you diversify the places that you're in in order to put yourself a more of a stable foundation, right? So this is, I'm taking from, instead of personal, I'm going into business sense, right? So as a small business, the thing that you can do is you can, your advantage is that you can pivot a lot quicker and you can have the speed of implementation way, way quicker than a big business that takes red tape or they're slow movers or whatever it is. And it takes them longer to diversify. So if you want to inflation-proof your business, you need to diversify where you're selling in order to get yourself out of, get yourself into more baskets that you can and do it very quickly. So your advantage is speed of implementation here as well. So going back to eggs all in one basket, yeah. right? We're going to just, eggs is going to carry through this whole, this whole podcast. It really episode. is like this, <laughs> this is the, the egg episode. The egg episode, egg episode. Um, but we talk about this, you know, in multi-stream machine, when we teach about, you know, the idea of multi-stream machine and, and, being on more platforms for more sales. And we saw this, you know, we started this course pre-pandemic. Then when the pandemic hit, we were like, okay, there were certain parts that people couldn't do. They couldn't sell wholesale because wholesale was shut down. You know, there were certain things that they couldn't do, but they could still supply goods to customers, but they Mm -hmm. had to be in more places to be discovered. Yeah. And then you and I have talked a lot about inflation and recession in the future and all that and what and how are we going to continue to support our community and we really came to the conclusion that like for example multi-stream machine is going to be more important than ever yeah because it's exactly what you're saying it's that diversification of visibility so your diversification of where you're seeing like what your marketing visibility is where because we're even seeing that with the algorithms not working mm-hmm. on social media for free marketing yeah so there's the, the diversification there. Then there's also the, the diversification of where you're selling. Because let's say we have this example perfectly is with some of our students. They were running ads. Ads stopped working, right? So mm-hmm. they, their traffic came to a screeching halt to drive new consumers to their websites to purchase from them. 
yes, they've got their email list. Yes, they're trying to get people back to buy again. But all of a sudden, their their channel of bringing new customers in got cut off. Yeah. So we actually helped one specific um, person who's a masterminder. They were doing Shopify. They were running hundreds of thousands of dollars in ads. They built a business to like over a million dollars. And then it stopped working. Mm-hmm. So what was their saving grace? They got onto Amazon. And they, they make $100,000 a month now on Amazon by diversifying. They still have their Shopify site, but they're not dead in the water. Mm-hmm. This marketing thing failed. It wasn't bringing in new traffic, but they had this other platform that they were selling on that people are still going to buy from Amazon. They're still going to buy for convenience. They're still going to be looking for things there. So that's the idea for all of you, whether it's getting whole, like getting into retail shops, um, selling on platforms like Amazon, you know, getting your stuff off of Etsy and putting it on a shop. Jumping site, into your selling, emails. Yeah. Selling on social, building your email list, continuing to do in person because people, the value people are going to get from in person. If we're going to talk about value will be the value of meeting the maker, the yeah. value of be, the experience of being out and remembering where they were to buy what they bought, hearing the stories of how it's built or how it's made. So this is one of the most important times for you to future proof your business on thinking about diversification and where you are selling. So that if one thing gets knocked out from under you, you still have other platforms to rely on. Yeah. And I know that I was referencing old white men or rich white men, right? I'm not saying that in a condescending way. I'm saying that in the way that they've always known the advantages. They've always- Well, they had they had, they had the, the privilege. They had access to knowledge mm-hmm. in school, even before right. women were able to go to school. 100%. So when we created Multi-Stream Machine, the reason why it's so important now is because now it gives you access. It gives you the knowledge. Whereas before, when we were building it, we created it because we thought this is really foundational stuff that people who have money understand how what to do with their money. And diversification has been around forever. They had that piece of knowledge of, oh, I understand you can't have all your eggs in one basket. But as small business owners, it's almost like we didn't think ahead enough or we didn't have access to that knowledge or we didn't know how to do it, you know, the way that they did their generations ahead of us, decades, you know. And so us bringing that to small businesses and bringing it in a way that felt really accessible, felt understandable, that's why it's so much more important now is that we're catching up now and we're, but the, in order for us to catch up, we have to sustain. We have to understand that, oh, that was how they did it. That was what they knew. That was what they did in inflation times was they diversified, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, that's why I wanted to bring that one up because it's super important right now. Mm-hmm. Do you have another one you want to share? Um, let's see here. I'm kind of converting all these. I just, the reason why I like this is because it has women thinking about numbers in the way that, but in their own way. So one of them is take a close look at your budget and reassess your emergency fund. So for all of us, I know this feels like fear-mongering in a little bit of way, like, oh my gosh, my emergency fund. But truth be told, you should have an emergency fund, you know, and you, or you should be working towards there. So like three months of, you know, emergency fund is what we typically have. Now, if inflation comes around, you have to have a bit more than that. But it it proves the point that people will spend what they spend on, right? They will dip into their savings or they have the money built up. Like people- How will, many people own $1,000 iPhones? Yeah, uh, every single person I know. Right. 
whether or not they could pay their rent, yeah. they're still going to own an iPhone. Yeah. So it's the value of what what's most important to them. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, they see that as a need. So I think that, you know, that tip of assessing your emergency fund and then not feeling guilty for tapping into it. So for example, this is the reason these are the times of why you built that emergency fund is because during these times, you might have to dip into it to pay for you in a hiring. You might have to pay for a new machine. You might have to invest in something, you know? You may have to float a month or two while you get your legs underneath you or you transfer onto a new platform or whatever it is. Right, right. You might have to take that budget to get onto B2B platforms or, you know, go to a trade show or get onto Amazon or hire somebody to get you on Amazon. Whatever ends up being, there tends to be some money you have to spend in order to do a few things, you know, just aside from simply raising your prices, you have to market to that price, that value that you're pushing forward, you know? And so um, that one is probably my second one of reassessing and not being scared of it, not feeling guilty about it, that just understanding its numbers and you have the ability to, and to look at those numbers and be and and think, okay, here are my expenses. Here are what they are now. Here's how I need to raise my prices. And here is when and if I need to tap into my emergency fund and how I can keep contributing to it. So it's just getting a tighter hold of your numbers still. Yeah. So I think those are some really great tips. Um, And I think for all of you, like Nina said, we're not trying to freak anyone out, but our goal and our job as your virtual coaches online is to make sure that we're talking about things that are relevant to the time. So when the pandemic hit, we had done on March 1st, we had done an episode on like, we didn't even know it was pandemic. We were just talking about like, what was it called? What? was it even called then coronavirus? We weren't even calling it COVID-19 yet, but we knew it was coming and we had, we didn't air this episode, but we talked about what will we do to, mm-hmm. to prep for it. So for you all in this one, we're already in it, right? Prices have already been higher this year and last year. There's already been shortages. We've all had to like figure out what do we do when there's shortages? How do we sell? What do we need to buy? You know, do we buy in bulk? Do we negotiate with suppliers? There's all these ways to save money in terms of what your costs are. But the biggest thing here is just being aware of it and planning. We can't, you just want to plan and have a plan for what you're going to do as you move through it step by step um, and know that you can get through this, but it's going to take more than your product. And it's going to take more than racing to the bottom and trying to be the cheapest product out there. Right. Uh As you can see here, how are you not the IHOP and McDonald's where we're like meh versus, you know, me and I were just at a beautiful hotel in Arizona I got two bowls of fruit. Citrus plates. Oh my gosh. Phenomenal. We, like we spent like $17 on like three slices of, of orange with like some drizzle, a couple pomegranate seeds and dates. And we got it that every day and they were like. pistachios on it, which is the Lux nut. Okay. The Lux nut, but it was <laughs> such a small amount of nuts. So, you know, it cost them like two bucks, but we paid for it every day yeah, because of the, val- the way of we felt the quality of it, the deliciousness of it, the presentation of it, right? So if you just gave me some oranges and like a bowl of nuts and dates and some sauce on the side, I'd be like, what is this? I'm paying 17 bucks for an orange. Mm -hmm. But you slice that orange up all pretty like, and we will give you all our money for those oranges. Yeah. I want to end it on one more tip. I I don't know what you're rounding out. Okay. So one of the things that neither one of us mentioned that kind of came to me is that what would I do if 
you know, to get through the recession if if I'm a small business, which I am, right? Well, you go to back to boots to the ground. That's honestly what you do. So um, I was listening to, I, I think it was like Lewis Howes or somebody. And somebody was like, um, he was like, you know, what would you do if you got laid off tomorrow? And somebody was like, well, I'd get a job in the next 90 days. If I wasn't able to get a job in the next 90 days, I would know that my personal network was really weak. And it got me kind of thinking about small businesses and how small businesses, you know, boots to the ground wise, we're the only way we're going to get through this is together. That's the only way. You know, it's a really hard time right now in life in general with the inflation happening and the world being the way it is and going to hell in a handbasket, you know, all these different things. And, you know, when we think about it, when we have the approach of we're in this together, it far, you know, far outweighs the the our capa- what we can do and how we can get through it versus we're against each other. And so I think that when you're thinking about being a small business and you're thinking about what can I do and I can get my boots on the ground, do it with each other. You, we're going to have to get through this together. So if that means boots on the ground, knocking on some local doors and seeing how can we help each other, if it means going into your mastermind group, the product boss mastermind, if you're in there asking each other how you can support each other or in the community, the accelerator or, you know, the product. Well, bi- bi- yeah multi-stream machine, you know, if you're in the multi-stream machine group, really that is how we're going to do it, how to get through the, you know, going through an inflation is that you get your boots on the ground and you start approaching different places. So then you can have partnerships build up in the next 90 days. And whether those partnerships are like front-facing partnerships, that's not what I'm talking about. It's like, can you help each other and support each other in some sort of way to, you know, diversify, you know, can we work on multi-stream machine together? Can we think about how we're going to both raise prices and think about, oh, what is some, some value factors that Jacqueline and Mina were talking about in the podcast episode? Let's work through that together, you know? So mm-hmm. I think that that is a good round out to this episode because as small businesses, we have the power of one, but just think of the power of many, you know? Mm-hmm. And when you feel stuck or scared that you have a group to go to and say, hey, I feel stuck or scared and this is what it is. And people can come in and support you or, you know, when it's like, I don't know what to do. Then there are other people that have figured something else out that can share with you. And then, you know, that's what we saw even last year with supply chain issues. And it's like, I can't find glass jars or glass vessels, right? That was a huge issue. And people were like, oh, I'm getting them here. Let me share that with you. Or or I am in the same boat and I don't know where to get them either, but this is what we're doing, right? Mm-hmm. So the idea is, is that you have people that are going through it and you're not alone on an island figuring out business yeah. where you think everybody Trying else has to problem it solve out. on your own yeah. brain and with no help whatsoever. Yeah, because everyone else, no matter what their revenue level is, is also trying to figure it out. Everybody. So you're not alone. You know you're not alone. That's why you're here with us. Um, so this was a, you know, a more serious, if you would like ish, to call any of ish. our podcasts serious. <laughs> podcast. I mean, as long as we met the egg quota of mentions. <laughs> <laughs> then we did our job. Yeah. Then I would say, you know, pretty serious, but, you know, got that in. 
<laughs> yeah. 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 All right, my friends. So send us a DM if you've seen any sort of crazy inflation prices that you paid for that you were like not worth it or worth it. So head to um the product boss on Instagram. Um also if you feel like following us over on the TikTok, what the kids are doing these days, we are um the product boss podcast on TikTok. So help us get more than 70 followers over there. <laughs> Help us get 75 followers. We are not currently dancing, but we will. Will we you all? Will we? <laughs> I probably will be the one that has to do it. So we'll all see right, you over friends. there. Thanks, everybody. We'll talk to you soon. Bye. Thank you for being here and listening all the way through the Product Boss Podcast. If you love our show and it has helped you in any way in your business, would you mind doing two things for us? Subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode and leave us a review. Reviews help other product entrepreneurs know that this is the place to be to grow their businesses and realize that they're not alone. And we know that you all know that a five-star and honest review helps you sell more products to more people. So you know that your reviews help us reach more listeners around the world. Remember, what we give is what we receive, and we are all about helping each other in the Product Boss community. We are all in this together. We would be so appreciative of you if you could take the time right now to subscribe, leave a review, and even share this episode on social or someone you know so we can impact more lives. And remember, subscribing means that you will get notified each time we release a new episode so you never miss a thing. You have helped us grow and climb into the top 10 of all marketing podcasts and together we can keep climbing. Thank you, friends. And remember, there is room at the top for all of us. This episode is brought to you by the Shop One in Five Pledge and Small Business Shopping Directory. It's a commitment to make one in five of your purchases from a small business online or offline. So head to shoponeinfive.com to take the pledge. And friend, while you are there, check out and shop from hundreds of small businesses in the Small Business Shopping Directory. It's the go-to directory to discover, support, and shop small businesses all in one place. Head to shop1in5.com.